You're listening to Disciples in the Last Days podcast. Here's your host, Pastor Bill Rose. Well, this is Pastor Bill Rose, and I want to welcome you back to Disciples in the Last Days, and just thank you for joining me. Um, I'm also going to ask if you wouldn't mind maybe doing a favor, and that is share these podcasts with other people who are interested in growing closer to Christ and being fully equipped disciples in these last days. Um, and if you really like it, you can even rate me on uh, on iTunes. If, if you don't, then don't worry about it. So... In our first few sessions, we have looked closely at the seven letters to the seven churches in Revelation and how those churches really give us insight into what is happening in the church today. Now, what I'd like to do today is turn our attention uh, to the head of the church and to the author of those letters. Uh, I think you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Disciples in the last days, I believe, need a renewed vision of the living Christ, if we're going to make the impact that we hope to, uh, not just on the lives of people that we care about or, or, or the church or, or family, but ultimately to the, to the culture itself. Now, as I say that, I, I want us to understand something. And I think you know this, but it's just a reminder, and that is that Christ, He really is the King. He, he's the Lord. He's He's Savior, he's, he's friend, he's, well, he's far more incredible, he's, he's far more incomparable, he's, he's more amazing than any of us have ever fully been able to grasp or even imagine. And it's not just that he has titles, it's just that he has all these titles as Lord and Savior and King. And I think what happens... I know it does in my own life, is that sometimes my understanding of Christ and, and the gospel, well, it, it can be too small. It, it can end up being diminished. I want to suggest something today, and that is that the evangelical church, and at least in the church in the West, has, has been pretty good at proclaiming the gospel of salvation. We've taken that to heart, and we've been very diligent about that. But I think in the process, we may have lost sight or at least had a, had, a, had a diminished view of the gospel of the kingdom. Now, now think about this with me for just a little bit. As disciples in the last days, we're super excited about his return. We're, we're excited about helping as many people as we can be ready for that return. And that's, that's where the gospel of salvation plays a key part, helping people be prepared for eternity. No question about that. But that said, we also want to have an impact on entire families, not just ours, but others. We want to have an impact on entire communities. We, we want to live our lives on mission. We want our churches to be missional. We, we not only want to do that, the truth is we want to impact the culture at large. We want to, we want to be uh, artists that are influencing uh, films and paintings and sculpture and music. We, we want to be people who uh, are sending uh, uh, followers of Christ out into the arena of politics and education so that, so that the, the message of the kingdom, the, the message of Christ is, is being taken to the uttermost parts of the earth, at least to the degree that we can be a part of that. I think that's our heart and that's our passion. But I want you to add something to that, to the gospel of the kingdom. And that's, that's taken from 2 Thessalonians. Now, you may remember, it's in this second epistle to the Thessalonians that Paul assured the church 
that they were not yet living in the day of the Lord. That is, the end-time judgments had not yet begun, right? So in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, he says, Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. So here's God's timetable on this. The day of the Lord, uh, the accompanying judgment, etc., is not going to start until... This global rebellion, I think, occurs, and the Antichrist is revealed. Now, Paul also says to them later on in verses 6 and 8, or through 8, and now you know what's holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. Well, we certainly see that, don't we? But the one who holds it back will continue to do so until he's taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed I believe with all of my heart the Apostle Paul is talking to that church and to us as the church about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit working through the followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus told us prior to this that the kingdom, uh, that the kingdom of God is near. Now, why did he say that? Because he brought it near, and he's expanding it through his people. Reminder. He's the head of the people through whom he's expanding it. He's the head of the church. There's this powerful picture painted of him and of this in Colossians chapter 1, as we begin our reading at verse 15. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Now check this out, verse 17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to him all things, whether things on heaven or earth." by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Think about this. He's not just the king of creation because he spoke the worlds into existence. He is the king of new creation, the redemptive process that he came to, to, to bring to us as a people through his death and through his, through his resurrection. Now, this does something to, to people who are following him. And I'm thinking in particular of disciples in the last days. First of all, this changes our allegiance. If Christ is the king, then he deserves our honor, our loyalty, and our obedience. We put ourselves under his authority and under his power. Whatever he says, that's what we're determined to do. That's what we're determined to be about. This is the way we live out his kingdom coming and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I want to say something else here because I think think we need a word of encouragement as we live in the world that we live in, the time and the place that we're a part of. This also changes our expectations. I think disciples, and in particular disciples in the last days, can be discouraged because we've already talked about some of the things going on in the church and certainly things that we see in the world internationally. In other words, it seems like we live in a time and a place, well, if the kingdom's here and near, then it certainly isn't completely in place yet. In fact, in some ways, it feels like the world has grown further and further away from God and anything that's godly. 
here's my word for you. Here's my word of encouragement to you. The kingdom may not be fulfilled completely. That's true. But it has been established and it will last forever. Jesus said for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, third, being the king's disciples also means we have to adopt the king's values. Listen, I've grown up in the United States of America from day one. And I live in the same culture that many of you live in, where the values of achievement and success and independence and image, all of those things are, are, are things that we talk about and things that we celebrate, have conferences about, books written over, and so on. But sometimes those values can conflict with with the values of the kingdom. And what we're called to do is to be a people that make choices that reflect the values of our kings. And what happens is when we bring that to our jobs, we bring that to our families, and we bring that into our communities, this is where the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom not only meet, but it can make an impact that is absolutely life-changing. Now, if you want to get painfully practical here, Just ask yourself how you're spending your time, how you're spending your money, and how you're pursuing your passions. Jesus spoke directly to this, by the way, didn't he? He says, no one can serve two masters. You're either going to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You just can't do it. He wasn't demeaning the value of work. He wasn't talking about not being successful. He wasn't talking about not needing food on the table and those kinds of things. What he was challenging his disciples to do, though, over and over again was Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things, they'll be added to you. Which brings me to this last thought, and that is disciples have a lifelong mission. We are to live as subjects of his kingdom, to promote kingdom values in everyday life and work and extend his message to the ends of the earth. Now think about this. We don't just work for God. We don't just work with God. We have the living Christ living in us and working through us. You know what I'm praying for? My prayer is that we have a revelation of the real Christ. I don't want to end up with just a gospel that's centered on fire insurance. and I don't want to end up with a Santa Claus God who's just there to kind of bring me whatever it is I think I need in a, in a particular moment. And I, I grew up in a, in a more performance-based religion. I don't want to do that anymore either. I want to have a staggering vision of the enormity of our Lord, who was and is and is to come, the King of all. And so my prayer for you as a disciple in the last days is that his truth would guide you and his spirit transform you as you point others to both the Savior and the King. And I look forward to talking with you soon. May God's blessing be upon you. 